Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good afternoon, Packers fans. Aaron Negler here with your Packers Daily Chat. Coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It's Friday, and the Green Bay Packers play another football game on Sunday that we all get to watch. This is a finite number of Packers games in our lives, people. we got to enjoy it. Even though they're in the midst of a four-game losing streak, we got to get ready. Green Bay taking on the... Los Angeles Rams, who will most likely be without their starting quarterback. Now, that's not official. Matthew Stafford going to be listed as questionable on the Rams injury report, but it sure seems like all the signs are pointing to uh, the backup quarterback, Ripon, getting the start. And obviously, that's a good thing for the Packers, but still the NFL, still Sean McVay, who knows how to draw it up and still have a bevy of really talented receivers to go against a somewhat new slash makeshift Packers secondary with the jettisoning of Russell Douglas. Um, Rudy Ford has been placed on the injury report. He is questionable with a calf injury. And Quay Walker has popped up on the injury report on Friday. Did not practice. Uh, He is listed as questionable as well with a groin injury. So Packers could be down several people on the defensive side of the ball uh, for a Rams offense that, yes, starting a backup. But, again, McVay... He knows how to draw it up. Don't ever forget, he came in there with Baker Mayfield on like two days practice last year heading into Lambeau Field, and that was a game at least, right? There's no doubt that this is a game where the Packers' front on defense should be able to get after the quarterback, and I think you're going to see the Rams really try to run the ball. A lot of horizontal stuff for them to get these on their end, hopefully get these guys in space. Um, the Packers undoubtedly can feast on this Rams offensive line if they can get them into obvious passing situations. It'll be paramount for the Rams to stay ahead of the sticks. That's why I do think you'll see a lot of you know, bubble screens and things where they can get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. But if and when they do get into second and third and long, this is a game Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary should be meeting at the quarterback with some regularity. On the uh, flip side, of course, the big question is, can the Packers not even score a touchdown in the first half? Forget about that. I'm not shooting for the moon here. Let's pick up a few first downs on the opening drive. If we can do that, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling like things should fall into place. But it's been a while. 
It's been a long time since we rock and rolled and saw the Green Bay Packers pick up consecutive first downs to open a game. And Lord knows, uh, Aaron Donald and company are coming to wreck shop up front. It'll be fun to watch him renew acquaintances with Elton Jenkins. The, the last couple times these teams have faced that one or the other has been injured, so they haven't been able to uh, go after it uh, the way they did in that playoff game when Aaron Donald grabbed Elton Jenkins' face mask and get a 15-yard personal foul penalty. Going to be good to see those two renew acquaintances, and obviously that will be some of the game, but they moved Donald up and down that front, and he will undoubtedly be lined up against pretty much everyone at some point uh, on the Packers' offensive line, which could consist of Yash Nyman at left tackle. Nothing official yet. We don't know. He is uh, not on the injury report as far as any kind of designation, so he should be good to go, which begs the question, will he get the start? At left tackle, we did see him get inserted into the game against the Vikings, and then he got hurt, and then he was out. But yeah, it definitely opened the door, and Matt LaFleur did indicate that that would be a conversation this week. So we will see if he gets the start in place of Walker to try and stave off Aaron Donald and company. And look, we're talking about getting into third and long on the Rams' side of things. If you're the Packers and you get into third and long, I mean, you can bet your mortgage pretty much that – we're not going to see a whole lot of deep developing stuff. We're going to see Matt LaFleur draw bubble screens and those slants where they run everybody off and then try and run someone in underneath because there's zero upside to sitting back there trying to block up Aaron Donald uh, the way this offensive line has performed throughout this season. He is going to wreck things. So don't let him. That's the key. <clears throat> of course, the most exciting aspect is uh, Matt LaFleur's uh, statement that uh, when asked about Aaron Jones and the red jersey, which he wore all week, that seems like he's rested and ready, and he's they're ready to cut him loose. Make insert joke here, you know, cut him loose. What does cutting Aaron loose, Aaron Jones loose, look like? That's that's the ten million dollar question right now, and I'm I'm thinking seven carries, maybe eight. Three or four catches in the passing game, that's cutting Aaron Jones loose in the Green Bay Packers world. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting with low expectations, people. And if they surprise me and give him 15 carries and throw it to him a bunch, then, hey, all the better. But uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Let's put it that way. Hello, everybody in the comments section. So good to see you. Hope you're all doing well. Lots of people chatting it up. What's going on, everybody? Garrett Rents. Thank you for the super chat. After traveling 7,000 miles, I'm finally on the last 80 to Green Bay. Cheering for the team on Sunday, no matter what, go Pack Go. Well, have a great time at the game, and that is quite the trip. 7,000 miles. Man, I thought it was rough when I had to travel you know, from New York to Green Bay, but you're really, you're really putting in the miles. Welcome to Wisconsin. I hope you have a, the best time, man. Mike Malone, thanks for the super chat. I'd personally hate to see it. But are some of these long-standing position coaches, coach voices, maybe wearing out? Example: Ben Searmans or Jerry Montgomery. It's impossible to say. <clears throat> I mean, it's always a possibility when a guy's been in a spot for a very long time that maybe, yeah, maybe he's not coming up with new ways to reach his players. But you got to remember also that those players haven't been there throughout the entirety of their tenures to hear their messaging over and over and over again. It's not like these guys usually stay in one spot for more than three or four years um but is it possible sure 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I don't think that's the key to anything. You know, guys still got to produce, no matter what the voice uh, that they're hearing from Monday through Saturday is saying. They still have a job to do out there, and it's on them to do it. Um, but yeah, it, I I'm, won't be surprised if there are, or if there is a little movement across the coaching staff this offseason, regardless of how the rest of this year plays out. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Braylon Allen is a Packer next year. I've spoken it into existence. All right. I like it. I like where your head's at. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Uh, Don Vito. Thanks for the Super Chat, man. I went back and watched the Packers-Bears game again, and two things stood out. I knew Bakhtiari was great, but the difference without him is astounding. Two, why don't we use the fullback position more? It's not really a feature of the West Coast offense. Um, you know, the Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan iteration that LaFleur is drawing from, it's not a huge part of it. Now, a move position is, like the 49ers use Juszczyk, who is – labeled as a fullback, but he's much more of a move guy, uh, which is what Josiah DeGuara is supposed to be. He just hasn't been very good at it. It's unfortunate, too. Cheeto, what's up? Excited to see uh, either passes caught or less flags. Don't care what it is, but some traction in the right direction. Yeah, I just want to see execution. I'm with you, man. It's like I'm tired of watching plays develop and get excited for something and then see the yellow flag thing come up on television, right? Or see Jordan Love rise and fire and deliver the ball and the guy drops it, you know. Or even on the flip side, Jordan Love have some time and instead of stepping up, kind of slings its sidearm and it falls short of his intended receiver. You know what I mean? Like, let's do the little things, man. Let's If you're a receiver, let's fight back towards the ball, right? If you're Jordan Love, step into those throws and, and use your proper technique. And let's get some completions and let's get some rhythm going. You know, I think more than anything, they get a couple first downs, they're on their way. I really believe that. But, man, you get into that third and one, you miss out, you're punting, you go back out there, you don't get another you know, another three and out. It's in your head from the start of the game. Here we go again. And if they can just pick up a couple first downs right out of the gate, I think they'll be cooking with gas on Sunday. <clears throat> Mimsy, what's up? Has a bad record hurt or helped carry the G sales? That's a good question. Um, I th- somebody asked me about sales a couple weeks ago, and like I told them, I'm, I haven't really looked. I don't know. I know we made a lot more, and we're selling a lot more than we did last year, but that's there's a lot more available this season than there was last season. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll find out at the end of the year. It's not the kind of thing I want to know. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just the whole idea is to continue to grow season by season by season. And, and so far, year one to year two, that's what we did. Um, that's our plan for next year. And, you know, I can only judge by, you know, anecdotally what I see on social media and what I hear back from our distributors. And so far, all the words have been positive. So sounds like it's going well. Uh, Godsmack, what's up? I had a dream last night where I met you and Corey in Lambeau where we took pictures and drank beer like we were oblivious to how bad the Packers are. (laughs) Hey, man, that's, you know. That's kind of the gig. You're a Packers fan. Like I said at the top, you only get so many Packers games in your life. I mean, yes, sometimes they're winning a lot. Sometimes they're losing a lot. But they're Packers games. I want to hang out, drink beer, and talk Packers, no matter how they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I get I'm an odd bird like that. And not every fan is like that. But 
Yeah, man. That sounds like heaven. That sounds great. Abdul, what's up? Hey, Aaron, how come we see Musgrave in the flat so much and not the middle? Isn't the way to beat too high shell a tight end down the middle? It is. Um, I do think Matt's been spooked a little bit by some of the interceptions that Jordan threw uh, against the Lions and then against the Raiders, where in both of those games you saw him have that kind of quick try to hit over the middle. It wasn't to Musgrave, but, um, you know, basically not seeing a dropping linebacker in either of those cases. I think they've shied away from the middle of the field since then. Not, like, exponentially or anything, but I do. it's kind of noticeable, and there's been a lot more horizontal work. I do think they'll get back to it. Uh, it's a good chance we see it Sunday against the Rams. But, yeah, I'd like to see Musgrave in general uh, utilized kind of all over the field. And I've talked about it before. We saw a lot of stuff this summer that I just haven't seen a ton of during the regular season as far as plays that are specifically designed to get Musgrave the ball in space. We've seen a few of them, but not like the kind of stuff we saw this summer was like bunch sets with Musgrave on a shallow drag um, that would allow him to like just kind of catch the ball and run and get some yak. Just haven't seen a ton of that. And hopefully we start to get to that in the second half of the season. Brandon, what's up? Can't believe Goot treats us like we – like this with trading Sewell, unbelievable. No offense to Valentine Nixon, but I'm having to start him in Madden. All kidding. That's so funny you say that, Brandon. I had that literal thought last night. That's so funny. Um, the the update came out, and I was like, if you don't like mess with the roster and the depth chart, they have Rochelle out there as your starter opposite Jair. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be tough. <laughs> this is going to be tough. I would say Madden in general, it's uh, whew, it's living in a different world this year in Madden if you're a Packers fan and you play online like I do. Look, I've played with the Packers my whole life, right? That's what I do. I, I don't pick a team based on how good they are offensively, which is what a lot of people do. I mean, every other opponent now online, I just do random matches – Every other opponent almost is either the Dolphins or the Chiefs. It's like, it takes no courage to play with those teams, but I understand why you do, kids. But I'm playing with the Packers, come hell or high water, because I'm a Packers fan. But who, buddy, talk about living in a different world at quarterback. <laughs> I mean, they're a simple, like, you're trying to, like, just do a deep crosser or something. And, well, look, there's Dobbs open, and the ball sails, like, wave outside of where you wanted it to be. Like, the accuracy is just, baby. Tough world to live in. Tough world to live in if you're a Packers online Madden player. Uh, What else we got here? Skyler, what's up? So many people out there want Matt LaFleur's head, but who's out there to replace him? Rich Bisaccia? Ben Johnson? Give me Matt. Well, this season, yeah, I think it's ridiculous. But to your question, I mean, there are certainly candidates out there that I think I understand fans kind of pining for, right? Ben Johnson being a perfect example. I mean, he's got the Lions playing really well on offense and designing some really good stuff and making Jared Goff look really good. So I understand that, you know, but, yeah, it's not going to happen in season. Um, But, yeah, to your question, who would replace Matt LaFleur if he was fired? Yeah, it'd be Rich Passaccia. He was literally handed the title of assistant head coach, so I would suspect he'd get the nod. Porkmaster, what's up? You see that we have the best p- 
pass-blocking O-line in the league, according to some stat, was zero context? I think you and Andy responded to it, LOL. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to denigrate anybody's work because I understand that these people, the people who do kind of advanced metrics or even, yes, fantasy football stuff where they're trying to figure out who's performing well, who's setting up to possibly have a turnaround or do good work later, or maybe they're just missing on something, and they're doing work to try and figure that out for their people who consume their content. I get that. And to your point, yeah, there was somebody out there who was saying that Jordan Love was playing poorly from a clean pocket and that, you know, this was evidence of something. You know, and I just pointed out, and like I know PFF, going into the Lions game, had the Packers as the number one rated pass-blocking unit. And this is true when you look at individual marks for guys who play, you know, 60 snaps a game and 55 of them, 54 of them or so, are of decent quality, right? But each and every one of those guys, almost to a man, has several mess-ups and and screw-ups and things that transpire that kind of mess up Usually the flow of the game gets them behind the sticks, whether it's a holding call, whether it's just getting beat for a sack, or whether it's something that causes pressure and makes Jordan Love have to move off the spot, etc. Like There's tons of context there, right? Tons of things that are happening. Um, so, yeah, as I pointed out, over the last four games, he is the fourth most pressured quarterback in the league. Things are not smooth up front. Like, I don't, anybody can look at this and look at the last four games and tell you that, yeah, no, it's not been a great pass-blocking unit. However... There have certainly been plenty of plays where he has a clean pocket. And I posited on Twitter this morning that, yeah, and a lot of those are in really disadvantage or bad <laughs> down in distances, you know, where you're third, third and nine and plus. So, yeah, if he's got a clean pocket on third and 16, he's probably not being too productive. And I'm not saying that's hap- that's the entirety of it, right? But that is a component of it. It's like people pointing to his high interception number. Well, yeah. At the end of all these fucking games, he's having to chuck it for Jesus to try and get and win the game. You know, I, there's just so much context that gets lost when people are looking at that. And I don't, again, I don't begrudge anybody for doing that kind of work. Like, they're trying to find every nook and cranny of the game to try and, again, they provide a service to their readers and their people who consume their content, and they're trying to, you know, find value. I just... Yeah, it's just when people start making blanket statements off of that work that I I just kind of have to chuckle, right? That's just how I look at it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, what else we got here, folks? Abdul, what's up, man? 
we said how the streets would ride if we lost to the Raiders and Broncos. Does losing to Ripon, Ripon and the Rams Sunday say anything we don't already know? Probably not. I mean, at this point, I think it's dull acceptance. I mean, we've had all the f- calls for firings, calls for benching of Jordan Love. They lose to the Rams. I think most people will be like, eh, that figures. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised with any outcome on Sunday. I won't be surprised if they lose to the Rams. I won't be surprised if they win. I won't be surprised if they, like, blow out the Rams. I won't be surprised if they get blown out. Like, I think they could beat anybody on any given Sunday because that's football. But this is a team that certainly can lose to anyone. Underline. Italicized. (laughs) Relax. Thanks for the super chat, man. Bears still suck. I'm glad we got it on the record. Thanks, brother. What's up, Ed? Thanks, man. Been here before, but no expectations is hard to get used to after all the years of having no doubts about winning. This too shall pass, hopefully starting on Sunday. It's a change of mindset, right? Absolutely, as Corey talked about a couple times now on transplants. You know, we are still most likely, as a fan base, in the mindset of, I wake up on Sunday thinking the Packers are going to win or have a chance to win, right? Especially, you know, these last four games where they haven't exactly faced a murderer's row of opponents. Like, you're in the mindset of, yeah, we should win. We'll we'll know we're back in the 80s when we get to the point where we don't expect to win ever, and then when we do, it's a party. I don't think we're anywhere close to that yet, but, yeah, that, that – that that will be a key turning point if it arrives. Don Vito, thanks, man. Coach Belichick told me stats are for losers. So did Mike McCarthy, and so did Matt Lafleur. They're not for losers. They're just you know a guidepost. It's the people who use them as if they're gospel that are losers. It's always a marriage. Mostly analytics and tape. You put them together, you start to get answers. Outside of that, if you're using one or the other. To say anything definitively, I've kind of lost the plot. All right, everybody, i got to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends and tell your family. Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great weekend. See you on Sunday on Watch Party. Go Pack Go.